Hey everyone, it's Arnold with One Welcome. Welcome to another episode. Uh, this is a show where we meet the makers behind the most beloved restaurants here in New York City. Today we have Jimmy Lai, who is the chef owner of Madame Vo in the East Village, as well as his most recently opened Madame Vo BBQ, the first Vietnamese barbecue restaurant here in New York. I came across Madame Vo a couple years ago when it opened, and I was still a student at NYU. Their pho was absolutely amazing, so divine, so rich, so decadent, and it immediately kind of uh, became one of my favorite restaurants to go to, especially in that area. So I wanted to make sure I had Jimmy today to talk about his restaurants, but also his upbringing and his story of where he came from and how he got into it. Uh, it all started back in Chinatown, where his dad actually had a dim sum restaurant. When I was growing up, when I was a kid, and when I was around eight, nine years old, uh, my my dad owned uh, Silver Palace in Chinatown. Uh, it was a dim sum banquet hall day. Uh, there was dim sum at night. Wedding banquets, parties. Every day after school, I would just come back with my backpack. It was it was fun, actually, because I would come back home from school like 3, 3.30, and I would just hang out at the restaurant with my dad. And I have all these chefs there. They're like, hey, what do you want to eat? And it was great. I got to eat whatever I liked, like. <laughs> mayonnaise shrimp yeah. or like beef chow fun and like they would just make it for me on the spot because when i come back from school that's like closing time until they get up uh, ready for the parties or, mm. or dinner uh so that that was great it was very fast paced in my house i mean that's new york too my family was always business oriented my dad was in the restaurant industry uh supermarket business my mom you know knowing that she's vietnamese she was in the nail business so I literally grew up in a very business-oriented family, and I had to help my parents with everything, to helping them cook, to loading up supplies, to, you know, being the cashier at my yeah. mom's nail salon. So after growing up in Chinatown, working and spending time for his dad's restaurants and also at his mom's nail salon, Jimmy actually pursued a very similar path for college, uh, much like to Simon Kim from the first episode we had, where um, Jimmy would also go to Baruch for finance initially, only to find out that he absolutely hated it. Uh, he would later then find himself back into the family business. But here's a story as, as he tells it. Uh, after high school, I ended up going to Baruch, uh, Baruch College, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get into finance now. It's easier than medical. <laughs> and I was like, oh, in uh, me the medical field, you have to study for another years. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and i was like uh, this is this really is not, not for yeah. me um and so i wanted to become uh investment banker obviously i thought it was fun uh what was that this movie came out uh with boiler room with uh -huh. the vin diesel and then you know like at, that that was like crazy at the time right yeah and i was like oh i want to be a stockbroker i want to be something in that field i went to baruch my parents uh opened up a restaurant uh, Paris sandwich yeah. after that, right? Uh, because we, obviously my mom cooks really well. And growing up, like, in a Vietnamese family, like, we always bought bread. My mom loves bread. I love bread. Uh, she would always make her own cold cuts. She would always make her own uh, mayonnaise, her, like, everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every time people would come over, people would just be like, dude, this, these sandwiches are amazing. You should open a shop, whatever. So my, me and my parents went on vacation uh, I think I was like 19, yeah. 18, 19. We went to Cali to see some family, and then we saw a lot of Vietnamese sandwiches. 
and a lot of like Vietnamese restaurants over there doing extremely well. And we were just like the same thing with Madame Vo today. We were just like, why don't we have this in New York? Yeah. You know, so uh, we learned how to bake our bread. I I flew to Paris. One of my cousins there, because I have family in, in France as well, he worked at a small bakery over there and they bake their own bread, but like old style. Like they didn't have the machines. Like they did everything by, by hand, hand yeah. uh, brick oven, wow. like super hot. I stayed there for two weeks just to learn how to make bread with him. I had to wake up like, you know, we started our shifts at like 12 a.m. And we would be done by like 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning because bakeries open very yeah, early. It's always like uh, hours. I, was, I was there for two weeks learning how to make bread. And I was like, dude, this bread is really good because the best bread is in Paris, right? Like especially for Vietnamese bread, it's uh, Vietnam used to be colonized yeah. by French. So we so we decided to open Paris sandwich and I wanted to incorporate French bread with Vietnamese fillings, which it made sense. Right. So in terms of you learning how to bake bread, but also like when when did cooking get into the picture for you? Because you're very much a self-taught. Cooking was always in my DNA because uh, I always tell people the same story. And this is true. My mom can verify this uh, as a kid. Like my parents love to host. We were a very small family. It was just the three of us. And my parents always had friends over and they always love to host right they love to feed people uh, my parents are very like generous and like just love to host parties and while hosting these parties my mom would always cook and uh you know showcase her cooking skills uh. and 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 people people tend to connect better through food right sure. so when my mom used to cook i i was her little sous, sous chef. chef yeah and I hated it, right? Like, ever since I was a kid, like, she's like, oh, pick these beans for me. Cut this chicken for me. Yeah. Or, like, you know, and I'm just like, oh, clean this rice, cook this rice for me. And I'm just like, what the hell? I want to play my video games. Like, why do I have to do this? So my mom cooked exceptionally well. And uh, just as a kid, I hated it. Now, like, once once you grow up, you you really understand and and tend to appreciate all these things your parents made you do. Because when you were young, you didn't see it that way, mm -hmm. right? And these are skill sets that I learned from my mom. Mm -hmm. And just, like, tasting, flavoring, her techniques. Like, I was in the kitchen all there with her. Yeah. And, you know, even till this day, like, our restaurants are, all our recipes are based off of my mom. And I'm fortunate enough that my wife's mom, my mother-in-law, cooks extremely well as, as well. Yeah. And uh, when I went to visit her the first time, I was shocked because I was just because growing up like I didn't there there wasn't really a big Vietnamese community around here yeah so like my friends were mostly Chinese Korean yeah uh, Hispanic like yeah. I I didn't know what it was to be in a Vietnamese household right so when I went to my wife's house she's full on Vietnamese and I saw the the similarities in our families yeah and the 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 flavors the profile like everything they ate the same way we ate right and. I don't know why, but I was just so weirded out by it. I was like, what? Like, I thought we were the only ones who eat like this. Yeah. And, like, I knew. I was just like, wow, like, it's a common thing in Vietnamese families. Yeah. Yeah. But because you brought up your wife, when, when did you guys meet? Well, we've been together nine years, so I met her nine years ago. We met in K-Town. I was working at the sandwich shop. I, I was just, like, I didn't want to go out. One of my friends was like, hey, you should come out and meet one of my friends and i'm like nah, i'm good 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm tired. I have work tomorrow. I got to get up early because I own a bakery. I have to get up early. She's like, just come out for one drink. Just, just, just one drink. And I'm just like, fine. I just got back from Vegas from one of my good friends' 30th birthday. So I was just like hungover. I wasn't having it. And so I, I went up to K-Town to the third floor. My friend was there. It's like, hey, my friend's name was Mary. She was like, hey, this is my friend Yen. She just moved here from uh, Houston. She's living in New York now. I want you to meet her. So as soon as I met Yen, my wife, it was just like a, a fairy tale. Like it was just like, wow. whoa, hey, what's your name? You know, and it, it just it just clicked. And the funny thing is how it clicked was through Vietnamese food. So she was living here for like, like five, six months in New York already. And she never really met another Vietnamese person. So when she met me, she was just like, you're Vietnamese. I'm like, you're Vietnamese. And it was just like, it just kind of just clicked. It was, it was crazy. And our first conversation together was like, Hey, like I've been here for six months, uh, whatever, whatever her story, like, you know, and I was just like, she was like, where can I get good Vietnamese food here? I've been here six months and I really miss Vietnamese cooking. Yeah. Like, do you know any restaurants that you can recommend me? And I literally paused and I was just, uh, like the Vietnamese food that was in Chinatown was just enough to get by. It wasn't like, like that home style, like, you know, so I literally was just like my mom's house. Like if you want to eat good Vietnamese food, it's my mom. Like you got to come over and eat. So she was just like, whoa, like, I want to eat tukotung. Tukotung is like a braised pork belly with egg over sauce that's eaten with rice with, like, mustard greens. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my mom makes that amazingly. So, uh, you know, like, a couple days in, you know, I was like, hey, I called mom. I really like this girl, right? I called mom. I was like, mom, like, can you make this dish? <laughs> because she's like, why? I was like, oh, I'm going to bring a guest over. Yeah. Can you make this dish? And... Mom's like, yeah, sure. It's so easy. Like we whip it up, like, you know, in a couple hours, like whatever. So mom's like, who are you bringing? And I'm like, oh, I'm bringing this girl. So I call her and I'm like, hey, like my mom's making this dish and I would love to have you. And she missed it so much. You know, she was homesick. So she came, she came, she came to the house to eat it. And, uh, you know, that, and since ever since that moment it was game over. So we connected through food and that actually that moment when we just met, it was, you know, our, our moment where we realized that there was a huge void yeah. of four Vietnamese cuisine in New York. Yeah. You know. So once you met and you guys kind of connected over food, what, how did the the restaurant and, and, and the name behind it is obviously named after your wife. Yes. So when did the idea of you guys opening a restaurant kind of come about? We've been together nine years. We were dating. And, and it was always like, we need to find a good Vietnamese restaurant. Yeah. We want to eat good pho. We want to eat. Like, where can we find this? So anytime a, a new Vietnamese restaurant opened, we, we would go. go. check it out, yeah. we go check it out. And, I mean, the one person that did it right for pho was uh, Ginger Lemongrass when they were in Queens. They opened up in Whitestone. So we drove out there. It's in the middle of nowhere next to a gas station. A very small, like, restaurant. We went there, and we were surprised. We are like, wow, this, this pho is actually really good. This is the best we've had in the city. And that, like, then we realized that, hey, like, this really sucks. Like, we need to do something. Yeah. I, at the time, I was working for my parents at Paris at the bakery, and it was just time for me to to grow. You know, I was getting older. Obviously, I wanted to start a family. I wanted to be more serious. So I told my wife, and my wife pushed me really hard. She was like, look, like, 
you need to you need to become something you need to do something on your own you can't just work for your parents all the time because obviously my parents are very old school as well so they don't understand like mm-hmm. a lot of things of how the world is changing mm-hmm. how business is changing and we would always clash so my wife really really pushed me to do like what i love today she pushed me she's like you need to stand up and you need to be a man Jimmy's mom played a really pivotal role in Jimmy's childhood and upbringing in terms of encouraging him to be in the kitchen with her. And unwillingly, he kind of became his mom's sous chef, as he, as Jimmy had mentioned earlier. But the name Madame Vo, and I was curious about this, and I thought initially it was maybe perhaps just named after his wife because his wife's name is Yem Vo. But Jimmy actually says that the restaurant represents more than just his wife, but more so the women that are in his life and also his wife's life calling our restaurant Madame Vo is not just about my wife. It's about my mom. It's about her mom. It's about our aunts. It's about all the women in our lives that we grew up with that really specialized in cooking, right, and and brought the families together, right? Like uh, women in our family are very strong, Mm. you know, and so we, we are where we are today. And I am who I am today is because of the women in my life. Yeah. And so I wanted to open a restaurant that paid homage to yeah. to the, the women. Wow. You know? So we called it Madame Vo. And of course, like my wife is front and center, but it's really about, for, about yeah. everyone. Wow. Yeah. Remarkable. When you kind of came up with the concept and, and this idea to do something and make a name for yourself, um, what, what kind of came first for you? So did you, I know the space you're in now used to be a, a sushi place called Iron Sushi. Yeah. So... Did the space come first? Did the concept and the financing come first? What was kind of the the step-by-step here? Oh, so the concept came first, and then it was like, okay, I'm working on my menu. I always had my little notepad. I would Every time my mom made something, every time her mom made something, we would would write it down. We're like, oh, this is really good. Like, this is really good. So, And then at the time, uh, me and my my wife, we were about to get married. So we, we, we had a wedding. Uh, in October. So I was working out, I was going to the gym. Uh, so we just had the concept down packed. We didn't have the finances done. We we were just like, okay, we find a space, then we'll figure it out mm. type thing. So, uh, you know, we, we were saving money for our wedding. And then one day I was just working out at the gym and then my, one of my friends was like, hey, let's go eat. And I just got out the gym and it, it just happened organically. I was like, let's let's go eat. I'm like, no, I, I'm gonna eat an asahi bowl. Like I'm trying to lose some, I'm trying to lose some weight, dude, you know? <laughs> And he was like, no, let's, let's go out. I haven't seen you for a while. Let's go see, you know, let's go hang out. It's like one of my God, God brother, Charles, we grew up together. And I was like, okay, let's just go. And then he picks me up at the gym. He's like, where should we go eat? And I'm just like, what dude? Like you just, you're, pick- you're the one. Yeah. You're the one that wants to eat. Like what? And I was like, you know what? Uh, let's go eat at Curry Yah in yeah. the East village. Love that. Place. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's go eat at Curry Yah. Like, it, you know, so he was like, all right, cool. I've never been there. Let's go. We go. There was a store for for lease a by owner and and we go to korea and i'm just i i I just looked at the location and i was just like wow like i wonder what the rent is so i called the number and the owner of the building picks up and he's like hey you want to see it and i'm like yeah he's like i'll I'll see you tomorrow and then i was like uh what time he's like i'll see you tomorrow and i'm just like can i see you tomorrow at like two like i I got things to do he's like okay uh i'll see you tomorrow at one Okay, so he opens the door, sees the lease. I'm staying in front of the restaurant, and I just had this weird feeling like, whoa, this feels like 
home. Like wow. this feels right. Like it's just certain things that kind of like when you met your wife that that yeah like you you can't really explain right there's always like it's just this all, gut all, feeling gut almost. feeling everything just was just felt right so the second question was i was stressed that night oh shit what what's the rent gonna be was there any key money yeah, this is after you saw the space after i saw the space so now i went to go look at the space and um he was just he was asking for a ridiculous number he was like twenty thousand dollars a month and uh but there's no key money and i need uh you know three months security deposit and i i, I look at the space i looked at it like a couple times too with my mom with my dad my wife never saw anything so she, she my wife was working in fashion at the time she was working in um meatpacking district in west village like like our schedules were very off so and then we were getting ready for our wedding I found the space and I looked at it a couple of times and I signed the lease after negotiating with him for about well, three days. I signed the lease in a week without even telling my wife. <laughs> she was livid. And, uh, you yeah, know, how we, do you even bring that up. Like, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I, so I signed the lease in like what? Like June? Yeah. And I signed the lease in June and our wedding was in October. Oh my God. So we, we, we were, she was just like, what what the fuck is wrong with you like how, what what are you thinking yeah, yeah like i was like babe it just felt right right like just don't don't <laughs> even be a man <laughs> yeah yeah don't 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 even ask no questions like i i saw it it felt right oh All, man everything's in play like i i figured out a budget i figured out how much we need for this build out and what i want to do and she was like okay she didn't see the space until a month later. And, and she was just like, oh, okay, this, this place is nice. It's spacious. It's big. And I was like, I told you. And then, <laughs> and then so uh, during the build out, you know, I was just getting all my finances together and like I had to pay for my own wedding. And it was, it was, it, it was rough. Yeah. It must you have know? been a tough time just, it, just it, financing everything. Yeah. It was, it was a, a, a tough time. Our, our wedding was, was not cheap. You know, my, my wife has really good taste. So, and then it was just juggling the business as well. Wow. And, you know, you know, thank God, like we pulled it off. We were in the hole, yeah. you know, and we, we did it on our own. Yeah. Uh, we had to scrape a lot of money. We had to ask family and friends, yeah. friends to help me. What was difficult was that my parents were so Asian. We never worked with an interior designer before. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to do that like this. I need to hire an inter interior designer. And uh, for me, it's like we love to work with people we know or a reference or, or friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, Instead of headed, just yeah. calling someone randomly and yeah. not knowing what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, so my godbrother Charles had a, a friend of his in Thailand. He's a great interior designer. He does commercial spaces. He does homes. He does everything. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, man, you know, he gave me the referral. He's like, this is my brother. Like, please take care of him. And I was like, hey, like, I'm on a really low budget right now, and I'm starting my own business. And, Just stuff you know, if, yeah. if you can't help me, like, I totally understand, you know, but if you can, I, I would really appreciate it. He was like, hey, I'll, I'll do this for you. You know, like, we're all we're all friends. So, like, I'll do this for you. He charged me $2,000 for interior. Wow. It Like, interior design. And that that's, that's like, a, a, home, a homey fee, you know. Yeah, like, for sure. That's love, you for know. Sure. And uh, I never forgot that. And uh, we, we bounced off ideas. Uh, we wanted to be very chic. We wanted to be very French, like Madame, you know, and we wanted to be very modern. 
Uh, we noticed like at the time, like East Village, even to today, East Village is very grungy. Yeah, raw. Very rugged. raw, rugged. I didn't want to like really get lost in that too much. I, I like I wanted it to be a little bit different. Yeah, a little bit more polished, maybe. More, more polished and more refined. Yeah. And uh, you know we worked we worked together and we were bouncing off ideas. It was a two month process until we nailed it. We're going back and forth a lot. Me and my wife uh, aesthetics. We got a lot of inspiration from a lot of Vietnamese restaurants in London as oh, well wow. because we love what the aesthetic and what people in London are doing in Australia as well because there's a huge Vietnamese community that that get it that know what like you know they get it and I have so much respect for them and we we came out with that and. I know our restaurant is not like the best looking restaurant, but for sure it feels very homey yeah. and cozy. Yeah. Because we didn't have that kind of budget to work with. Yeah. Opening a restaurant is is not easy, but the I think the most difficult thing about owning or operating one is actually when it's up and running and you have to get the word out about your restaurant to get people through in the door of that restaurant, right? So Jimmy up to now has secured a space got a contractor, got the architect, designed this beautiful space. But now Jimmy had a lot of trouble in terms of spreading the word about it and getting people in the door. There was one person that, one celebrity, um, Sarah Jessica Parker, that actually stopped by his restaurant. And uh, I, I was so intrigued by this story that I had to share it with you all. Um, and uh, this, is, this is how SJP, this is the SJP effect on Madame Vo. I tell everybody this story. Uh, she's like Madame Vos' godmom, right? Like fairy godmother. Like I kid you not. Um, you know, we we opened the restaurant. Just our intentions was just to share our recipes, to share like what we love to the community. You know, she she came into our restaurant with open arms. We were shocked. Like she called in and made her own reservation. Like we were like five months in opening yeah. opening and she called and made her own reservation and she's like hi this is sarah jessica parker i'd like to make a reservation for two for seven thirty. i remember it like it was yesterday we were just like what we don't take reservations over the phone it's like go on go online go on resi but we're like okay it's sarah jessica parker like we're gonna accommodate her and then she made her own reservation which we, we thought it was weird because in your mind you think like a celebrity, celebrity right. at that stature would have an like assistant an or... assistant or, or or you know someone would call it in for her we thought it was a prank 7:30 comes in i'm i'm in i'm in the kitchen on the walk you know it was just me and my sous chef and my wife goes oh it's 7:30 she's not here should we still hold it? i was like hold it for 15 minutes she comes at 7:45 and like everyone at the restaurant was just like trying to keep it cool, but everybody's just like, "What? Yeah, what? Like, what's going on? What yeah. the hell?" Like, <laughs> and so we kept it cool. Uh, we we were such a huge fan. We we're geeking out so hard. Uh, I was in the kitchen. I was like, "Everything has to be perfect for this table." So we sent her food. She loved everything. We sent her like a, a bottle of sake. Uh, to this day, she loves drinking our soto sake. You know, uh, Soto is like one of the cleanest sake Agreed. out there. She we gave her a bottle of Soto, and after her meal, uh, I came out all all greasy. All, I, I tried to <laughs> do my hair, I washed my face, like to look you know, a from, decent, from the walk. Yeah. And I was like, "Hey, Sarah, like, thank you so much for coming. We're so, we're, we're such huge fans. Like, it's such an honor, like, for you to just even come to our restaurant. Like, how did you hear about us?" Uh, she was being very vague about it. She was just like, "Oh yeah, uh, I I heard about your restaurant through a friend." 
Yeah. And I didn't know which friend, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's great. How was everything? And she was like, everything was exceptional, exceptional. So good. You guys are doing something great. She's such a humble, uh, beautiful person inside and out. And we we were just like, you know what? Like, we're such huge fans. Thank you for eating here. Like, we're going to comp your meal. She grabbed my wife's hand really hard. And she said, if you comp this meal, I'm never coming here again because I actually like the food and I yeah. want to come back. Yeah. But you can you you can comp me like uh, this, the, the sake. And we're like, OK, so we, we charge her. We, we listen. We listen to the, the, the boss. You know, we were like, OK, thank you. And uh, we were geeking out so hard, but I didn't ask for pictures. No one asked for pictures. I told my staff, I was like, you guys need to get this shit together. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, don't don't do this. Let's keep it professional. Keep it cool. Yeah, let's keep it professional. We don't want people freaking out. I mean, a lot of the customers were freaking out, but All right, that yeah. we that we couldn't control that. For sure. We gave her a hug and she wished us the best of luck. And she left. Like literally like 15 minutes later, she posts on her Instagram. She specifically said, I waited so long to come to this place. The expectations were met and exceeded my expectations. If you're ever in New York, this is a must stop. You know, and 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 you know, sort of in those words, you know, she's a queen in New York, you know, and she would never post about restaurants. She would always, if you look at her Instagram from that point on, it was just like work, books, her lifestyle, you know, and all of a sudden we didn't realize until my phone started popping off with followers. We did like 3000 followers overnight. overnight because of her. And we were just like, what? This is wild, you know? And the next day, you know, we, we've been slow because we opened five months. Not a lot of people knew knew us and they didn't know what we were about. We just wanted a chance just like everybody else. The next day we came to work. We opened at 12. I show up at work at like 10, 30, 11 to prep. And there was a line out the door from my restaurant. My, my restaurant's like, uh, you know, the beginning to middle of 10th Street. Yeah, a couple stores down. Yeah, it wrapped around the block to where the Chase Bank on 2nd Avenue is. And it was like a good like 60 people. For sure. 60 to 70 it's people. That deep, yeah. And they were just online. And, and me and my wife just looked at each other and we were exhausted. You know, we we didn't have the funding. We, we did everything ourselves. We opened and closed a restaurant six days a week and we were burnt out because we we were trying to build our business and we were when we saw that we were just like what and like we opened the doors and that moment on it it, it just changed yeah. and like we uh, you know she, she comes sarah jessica parker comes to eat at our restaurant once in a while you know once a month on a regular basis and you know, we're forever grateful, yeah. you know, and, and she means a lot to our family. Such a huge turning point for you guys. But yeah. you, you mentioned those those first five months for you. Like, I, I do want to talk about it a little bit because I think it's hard to talk about all the success you've had and, and, and where you are now without talking about kind of the darker, harder times for you guys. But what was the first few months of opening a business like for you as a first-time business owner? And It was extremely difficult. A lot of it was... Uh, you know, self-taught, you have to learn on your own. You learn from your mistakes. Uh, we were on a very, very tight budget. Mm -hmm. So everything my mom made is amazing at home, right? So when you, when, when you, when you try to like- Translate that? Translate that and replicate that in the restaurant. Commercial setting. On, yeah. a, on a bigger scale, it, it's a little different, right? So 
you know, we, we did a lot of trial and error. And uh, as a chef, I had to figure out, like, pick up times. Like, mm. how convenient it, is it to make this dish and, and how, how it would not disrupt the flow of dinner. So, you know, I, let, I made a lot of mistakes. And I, I lived and learned. And, like, now it's, it's such a smooth, well-oiled machine. And in terms of, like, management in front of the store, like, my wife was never in the restaurant industry. She she was always in fashion, and but she always was, you know, she always had, like, a great position, like, in terms of management. And and she brought, she brought that, mm. you know, that to the table. Like, she, my wife has a, a very, very strong presence, you know. And, and, and to this day, like, we grew up, in a very business oriented family. So like my dad was always a leader and like always taught me leadership skills. And my wife is, is even till to this day, like she's my rock. Like she, she's just a great leader, wow. you know, very confident, no matter how bad things are. Like she just keeps her eye on the prize and just keeps on trucking. Yeah. You know, so we, we really fed off of each other. Like in the beginning we were thinking like, Oh, you know, we always hear these stories, like, if you work with your wife, yeah. like... Did you have any doubts Yeah, about like, that? we were kind of scared because we were hearing all these crazy stories, yeah. like, oh, I can't stand working with uh, my wife, right. like... Because professionally and personally it, might be different. It's different. And you know what? Like, I felt like that the restaurant, like, the growing pains of the restaurant really brought us together even more. Wow. And we loved... We, we, we connected on, an, on a very different way where it, it, it was just... It was just like holy matrimony. Like it was crazy, you know. Like we worked even better. We loved e each other even more, and we appreciate each other even more, because like she was taking the load in the front of the house, I was taking the entire load in the back of the house, and we 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 grew together, and and we we created systems as we saw like mistakes, flaws as we went, and it was just a learning experience. And the busier you get in any business, right? When you just open the business, you don't realize like these problems until they arise, right? And then once they arise, it's up to you to be a good problem solver, right? And 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 we we really like had to go through the ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah, like for me it says you have to lose in order to win. Mm. Right? So we did lose. You yeah. know, we were losing. Yeah. You know, and 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 we're we're still pushing every day to keep on winning. Yeah. I think Jimmy's story so far about Manavo and his restaurant and, and kind of getting into restaurant ownership has been a story of struggle, a story of, like you said, losing. You know, you can't win if you don't lose. And there's no such thing as overnight success. And Jimmy went through a lot. He had to reiterate the concept a lot and really had to uh, survive, really fight for survival. So I asked Jimmy kind of the same question I have for Simon, right? Like, what what is your advice? What is the the words of wisdom that you have for a budding restaurateur or anyone that wants to get into the restaurant business? It's going to be a really, really long journey, right? So just be mentally and physically prepared for it, especially if you want to learn. You need to know everything, like front, back, like, no, make sure you don't, don't solely... Unless you have a lot of money, I get it. <laughs> but if you're if you're starting up yeah. just like me, like don't yeah, don't don't rely on a chef. You know, like you can you can hire a chef. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just recommend that you should know how to make each dish. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's your business. It's not theirs. And every time my dad always taught me, 
if you're going to go into anything and if you're going to do anything, think of worst case scenario before you think of the best case scenario. That has stuck with me ever since. Wow. So before I opened my restaurant, it's like I need to know how to do every single thing from prep to the walk to the grill to marinade to front of house to every single thing as a business owner i'm the janitor i'm the chef i'm the host i'm everything me and my wife like we do everything so just be mentally prepared for it the restaurant industry is not for everyone it's a very fast paced very hard life and also if you do i'm not trying to discourage anyone i'm just speaking it real have a great product at the end of the day it's like of course it's a business and it's about profit and gains but before that comes the product right so if you have a great product then you will have all that in the end yeah. so focus everything on your product and you know that will speak for itself yeah so for us it's like just like anybody it's just build a brand of course there's stages there's stages in terms of Okay, your food and trying to get people in the door and uh, trying to make sure everybody's happy and build a great environment. So for me, at this point of of my career, it's just like I've been fortunate enough to be where I am for all the love and support out there. It's for me, it's to build a brand, right? Once you build a brand and you focus on your brand and you stay relevant, then you can do other things that you dream of. Jimmy, thank you so much for man. For being on the show with one welcome you're an awesome guest to have loved your insight and i think that it holds true for anybody you know we're all going through something we're all going through a struggle we're all losing sometimes but it's really about what we do i think when we're down and and how we get up that's so important and um, i'm so happy to see you doing so well with your two restaurants and if you haven't been to either i would highly recommend checking it out thank you and we'll see you next week on with one welcome <laughs>